This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Mom Curious podcast. My name is Daniela Ravani. I'm your host. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're going to be, and by we, I mean me, today I'm going to be answering some of the questions that our amazing executive producer, Laura Lucchetti, compiled from the Mom Curious crowd. Today's topic is the media and being a mom. I actually, just before I dive into this, um, these five questions, thanks for sending them in, um, I wanted to say that I, oh man, my dog is barking. I hope you don't hear that. Sorry. Um, I took a course, it's like an at-home course called hypnobirthing that was really successful for, um, my friend Jesse, who I'm obsessed with. So I took this course called hypnobirthing where you basically hypnotize yourself during all your, like throughout your pregnancy in preparation for, um, birth. Um, and so you, it's, it's auto hypnosis um while you're in labor it's it's pretty amazing i ended up using it um for both um pregnancies and deliveries um even with um medication so it was a, it was a pretty uh incredible you know experience and um one of the hypnosis tracks so they send you a bunch of tracks basically you're you're hypnotizing yourself um and sort of serving your subconscious with healthy prompts and information um in order to guide you through your pregnancy which can offer your body your nervous system your hormonal system just some really juicy yummy good feelings which is is absorbed by the baby too. All good things. Um, it also helps your body relax um, in labor, certainly, but also in pregnancy while you're listening to these hypnosis um, tracks, which reminds me that my friend um, Laura has now taken up um, hypnotherapy and she does some practices on me. And let me tell you, feels real nice can't say enough about hypnotherapy but one of the tracks reminds us to put a bubble of peace around ourselves particularly during pregnancy and what the I don't even know what her name is but what the um, guide suggests is that you turn off media that is suggestive that you turn off media that suggests that labor is this dramatic painful awful experience um you know which we've seen in you know all the movies i'm reminded of um look who's talking because that makes for good TV and good f- filmmaking, you know, when there is drama. 
when there is um, like intensity and it's it's interesting. It's not that it's untrue that um, pregnancy is uncomfortable or that labor is painful. Um, sure, that is totally true. But it's also possible that things are all right. And I think this reminder to um, be really rigorous about what we ingest media-wise when it comes to women's experiences is so smart. Um, So ever since that experience, I've, you know, looked at the way, you know, film, TV, and the news will portray motherhood through the lens of like, oh, is this, is this what I want to believe? Is this what I already believe to be true? Is this really my experience? Um, And I think having that filter is healthy. Just a thought, just a thought that you have agency over what you put in your brain, body, chemistry, just a Just laying that out there. Okay, question number one. Did being an actress put additional pressure on you to lose the baby weight? How do you balance that with your eating disorder recovery? Oh my gosh. I was obsessed with losing the baby weight from before I even had the baby. So I was like, well, the the first time um, with Ness, I just like finally was on a roll. I... I I filmed um, Ocean's 8 when I was eight months pregnant. I had auditioned when I was like, I don't know, not even eight weeks pregnant and I had had a miscarriage. And so I thought, oh, you know, I'm not going to say anything and who knows if it'll go. And, you know, it did go. And I tried to look not pregnant for as long as possible, which, by the way, you know, the first time around your body, my body didn't look pregnant um, for a long time, but it did by the time um, I did, by the time I was eight months pregnant. And it turns out that the casting director and the writer are like these badass, feminist, amazing women. Fast forward, I don't know, four years later, and I'm neighbors with both of them. And our, and our babies, my second and their firsts, our friends. Is that the most amazing thing? Isn't that the most incredible thing? Anyway, they went to bat for me. And um, I was able to film that um, opposite Sandra Bullock. Like it was like the first scene in the film. And there Ness was my my first baby, like right there. They sort of covered it up. I don't think I looked pregnant, but I, you know, look a little bigger than I usually am. Um, But I tried very hard not to look pregnant for a very long time. And let me just tell you, there was a lot of smoothies, like a lot of smoothies. Um, So, you know, even afterwards, I, um, I really did have a lot of uh, monkey mind around losing the baby weight and bouncing back this idea of bouncing back. Um, You know, we see that on the cover of magazines, like 
you know, lost the baby weight and bounced back. But what we don't realize is that we gain a whole new person and a whole new identity and a whole new facet of uh, life experience. And um, you're not going backwards at all. Actually, you're moving forwards in life. I moved forwards in life and that it took me months to really reckon with that. I actually looked thinner after giving birth than like ever because I was so obsessed. I was so obsessed. I was so obsessive. Um I I would I I ate cleaner and moved my body more mindfully than I had ever done before in my life with that first pregnancy. The second time around I gave myself a lot more grace, maybe a little too much grace. Um, but I'm definitely like a all or nothing person. I'm working on it. But I I really went heavy on the pizza the second time around. And I did look, um, I, I looked pregnant like very early on. Like even before my second trimester, I filmed God Friended Me. And I looked very different in the third episode than I did in the first Um and I wasn't even that pregnant because I just really like let myself go for it. I knew that I didn't really want to have any more children, although like, you know, I'm always talking about having more because I like babies. But at that time, I knew that I just I knew that this was the last pregnancy that I was going to be embodying. And I just didn't want to repeat that sort of orthorexic cycle so I went the uh, extreme other direction I actually did not feel well during that pregnancy either turns out like eating healthy does make you feel better but it was an experiment and um, I did end up um, gaining quite a lot of weight and I still think that um, it, it did hinder my progress in going back to work that said I mean, uh, six months after I had my second baby, there was a pandemic. So it was like a lot of a lot of factors. But yes, I did feel the additional pressure to, quote unquote, bounce back. Um, And I in my first um, pregnancy and post pregnancy experience, I was very active um, going to meetings, uh, you know, with OA and um, sponsoring. And um, I think that was really helpful in, you know, balancing, um, accepting where I was and also being proactive about feeling my best. And then with my second, I just didn't. I didn't. But I what I did do was I really enjoyed that postpartum experience I slowed down I didn't feel like I needed to blaze through it in order to get back to work I just felt like this was my time this was her time this was Ness's time to be a big brother and my husband's time to like really settle Um, I think that was the right choice for me Um, I think with acting, it's tough. It's a real freelance lifestyle where you're like feast or famine and, um, you know, 
nothing is guaranteed. I did have an impact on my career. That experience of pausing did have an impact on my career. And I believe that it was the right thing for me to do. And that that impact um, is what it is. And I, I just, I think I'll be an actor for all of my days. And um, I'm not here to rush. I'm here to do my life's work, which is as a mother, as an artist, um, as a human on this planet. So, but I, I bet you can even hear like there's still grappling around that because there's just no two ways about the actor's life being, you know, it's a hustle. I do a lot of voiceovers, so it didn't actually um, impact my income, which is important to mention because we work for money, you know, too. And in order to raise a family, you need money in this world. So I don't want to skirt around that issue. And it doesn't matter what I look like behind the mic. Um, Number two... Do you often feel mom shamed from people on the internet, mommy blogs, or just random Instagram posts? Um, oh, guys, I hear so much of your concern around judgment and shaming. And um, I'm just like really holding that. And um, I understand. I really do understand. I think also probably that comes from the experience that I certainly have or had, had and have around judging mothers um, and judging other women myself. Um, I guess I don't have that as much anymore. I don't. And I don't feel competitive with other mothers. Um I really understand, I think when you're like holding a child, raising them, loving them, being curious about them, you start to understand that everyone is different. Like really though, really different. We are wired so differently from the very start and nurtured so differently. And so, you know, I, I don't judge anyone else because I just, I just get that we're different, that like we have different values and different life experiences and different strengths and weaknesses, but I can feel my own self-imposed shame around like oh man that that lady (laughs) looks so good when she's like cleaning her home like on the internet I try to like limit um that that um those accounts like if they don't make me feel good I try to just be like you know what I don't have to I don't need this yeah I'll mute or I'll unfollow or um 
Because as Neha from Mother Untitled said on our first episode of the Mom Curious podcast, you know, what we do when we're scrolling is we're like, that person's really good at crafts and that person is really gentle with their children and that person looks great and that person has an awesome career and that person has a six pack and we've compiled this like perfect mother in our head and we've lost sight of the fact that these are totally different people with different strengths and definitely different weaknesses. So... um giving ourselves grace and really what I'm learning is celebrating ourselves fuck yeah yeah I got my kids out to school this morning I'm recording this podcast I'm showing up um my house is a mess and I'm okay with that like I don't actually care because that's not a value of mine it's just not um And it's someone else's value. And like, I totally get that. It does feel really nice to have a clean and tidy home. Good for you. Really, though. Good for you. Um, Other people do not shame me. Um, I did experience a little bit of like, um, like, and like Jew hate um, for a little while. Um, But from like a mom perspective on Instagram, literally no one has ever said anything cruel to me. Or, yeah. Um, But, like, you never know. I'm really putting myself out there now, so I'll keep you posted. Number three, the comparison trap. I loved what Neha said about something is always falling in the background. So maybe speak to that. Well, I'm so glad that we're all on the same page. It's a trap. The comparison trap is a trap. Compare and despair is what they call it in the rooms, in the um, 12-step rooms, compare and despair. And when you're in that compare and despair trap in your brain, press pause. That is abusive thinking. Abusive. Intrusive. You are harassing yourself. And I really hope that when someone else is harassing you or abusing you, you say, oh, you can't talk to me like that. Please do the same for yourself. I love you. Number four, what is it like bringing your children to work with you, to rehearsals, to auditions? It's the best. It's the best. I haven't been able to do that with Paz. She sort of comes to work with me in that, like, uh, I've recorded a podcast interview with her when she was homesick. Oh, my God. She was so cute and little. Um, And my studio now is in the playroom, which is actually great because, like, I have this, like, room within a room where I can see them play and I can also do my work. Um, But Ness used to come to rehearsals with me, auditions all the time. The voiceover community has changed quite a lot in the pandemic, but um, it used to be. And I can, can we just put it out there that I really hope that it comes back? I don't think it will, but it used to be in the before times that you would sit in a waiting room with um, other people of your demographic, um, friends, 
And maybe they brought their dog or their child and you could hand off your little one to one of these incredible, charismatic, fun, friendly, gorgeous people. I mean, it was amazing. Um, At some point, they grow out of it. um, And at some point, it's like kind of like not that professional. So you have to be careful. Like, you know, just be careful. Um, Not all the time. But for the most part, the casting directors in the voiceover world were literal, actual open arms around Ness. They loved him. They were excited to see him. There was one casting director, Doreen, who would schedule um, my audition very close to Chrissy's. Chrissy, who I mentioned, was my neighbor and best friend. And our children were very close in age and best friends themselves. And so, you know, she would be like, why don't you guys just, you know, you know, Hazel can stay with you and Ness can stay with Chrissy and you guys will come in and read and I can see the babies. Um, That's what it was like. And then when Ness would come to rehearsals, um, oh my God, it was so cool because musicians and, you know, particularly in my like music world, um, in Yiddish, you know, klezmer, um, world the Yiddish klezmer world um they're super family oriented and you know there's nothing like this experience of wow this whole next generation and let me show you my trumpet or my sax or um Ness actually started learning the cello from a friend of mine who um, is the artistic director of Music Talks. You know, I would do all of these shows with him and Ness expressed interest in at first the violin and then the bass and like string instruments and he is a teacher so he would come over once a week and it's just the best. It's just the best. It's like, wow. You know, there's like a little person who's soaking up this thing that I love so much and that really brings me so much joy. It's like joy on top of joy. Um, yeah, and and then even in performance when I'm singing, you know, I could like bring my babies up on stage and it's really a special experience. I um, also, you know, I filmed a McDonald's commercial with paws in my belly and I, I filmed um, scenes from a marriage with Paz playing my son when she was about a year and a half. Um, I really enjoy integrating these parts of my self and I know that my kids do and um, I think it brings joy to the set and to you know to people I think it really does Um, and sometimes you gotta focus sometimes you gotta be I have to just go to work on my own and be a professional and and that's um, important too Um, so there's discipline in that 
in that area as well. And did you just hear my dog? And I think, you know, in this pandemic time, it's it's been hard to separate. I work mostly from home now because of voiceovers being um, at home. Um, I can't wait for the separation, to be honest. You know, the Vedas say that the... I'm sure I've said this before. I, I, I love this idea. Just that the one became two for the joy of becoming one again. And that applies on so many different levels. But if we really, if we even think about it from a physiological perspective, like my babies and I were one, literally one. They were just cells. And then they were, you know, um, embryo, a fetus and then a person in my belly, and then we were two. And it's so joyful to become one again, to experience music together, to experience fun together, to just be one in this soulful way. And that separation is so important too. So when they go off to a play date, when they go off to school, when I go off to work, and then we come back together, that undulation right that like separate together separate together separate together is so healthy and fulfilling i want more of that (laughs) that's the truth five do you think being a mom impacts how prospective people hire you view your ability to do the job i do i think because i'm so outwardly mom at least on the internet you know um people do see that as what I'm doing now and I do think people respect it um but yeah it does sometimes feel like um maybe they think I'm too busy to work or something like that um And it also might mean that they are more connected to me and more, you know, look in, in the example of Ocean's 8, right? I was pregnant and these two women were like, um, she's a shop girl. She could totally be pregnant. So what if she's eight months pregnant? She's not handicapped. She's in fact the epitome of health, making a whole other person. So I think it could go both ways but I don't think it's neutral because of the nature of my work unless we're doing voiceovers where you don't see me you don't hear any outside noise you know you're really just hearing my voice I think um I think it is a factor and especially now that um the internet is um a thing Instagram is a thing. Um, people look you up and they see what you're about. And what I'm about is uh, raising my children in a mindful way and um, and sharing that. So it's got to be a factor because it's who I am. And who I am is what I bring to the table. And it's understandable. I think I mentioned in my last solo podcast that um, I did a reading and like what, <laughs> you know, he the playwright introduced me as you know 
focusing on my family or working on my family, which is true. And I have professional credits that are probably more important in that situation. But maybe for him, it resonated in a good way. Maybe for him, he found that interesting and um, important work. And I don't disagree. It, it is interesting and important work. Um, and so it's a factor. It certainly is a factor. Um, well, listen, I love doing these. I'm grateful for your questions. It means the world to me. And um, what else can I say? Stay curious. All right. All right. I'm signing off and thanking you and hoping that you'll stay curious. See you next week on the Mom Curious podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to executive producer Laura Lucchetti. Bye, guys.